1: Blue. Watch him as he goes! See Francesco in this turquoise and pink Truva Honda oh,
0: Andretti Steinbrenner. That is Alex Pelot, championship Dixon. leader, and his teammate Scott Dixon along with Newgarden. Oh, that's terrible for Newgarden in the championship. What a comeback from Scott Dixon after spinning on the opening lap
1: and in 19 consecutive seasons. Scott Dixon is going to be a winner again a win. Dixon has done it in Indy. Spinning on the opening lap to seeing the yard of bricks first.
0: Nothing, nothing is too big for Scott Dixon in the IndyCar Series. And if you're Graham Rahal, you just have to throw up your hands. He did everything right today.
1: We're more into the numbers than you are, but today you are the Iron Man. This is your 319th consecutive start, and you've won 19 seasons in a row. What's the significance? What a day to to win on, you know, and uh, it uh, makes it so fun, especially for you know this little guy. He gets to see it. it's been a little while since I've had a win, almost uh, well, probably every a year since last year. So uh, you know, it uh, makes it worthwhile, and you know we're going to keep on uh, trying to win 320. Did you start to wonder if it was going to come this year? Uh, you always have doubt, you know. That's the unfortunate part of the business. But um, you know, I know working with this group, it's just amazing. And Jeff yeah. steers this ship, man, and he steers it well. So it's uh, it's cool to be here. Yep, Scott Dixon, uh, truly, truly great uh, in uh, motor racing terms, but um, do we acknowledge him as well as as we should in this country, mate? Now, 19 seasons in a row where he has claimed uh, a chequered flag on the IndyCar circuit. Now, that victory in Indianapolis has us looking at the Drivers' Championship with great interest, with just three races remaining. We're crossing uh, stateside now to Caleb Hatch, co-host of uh, the new track record podcast, Uh, across all things uh, IndyCar, lives pretty close to where they were just racing at the weekend as well, Uh, so uh, it's got to uh, be of real interest. Caleb, uh, good morning to you, Uh, this is New Zealand time, probably afternoon for you, but uh, this is the third race of the IndyCar races around uh, Indianapolis, Uh, I just wonder, uh, after uh, Indy 500, where does this one rate for you, how special? Oops, uh, looks like we've, uh, we might have lost Caleb actually I mm-hmm. don't know where he's gone I don't know where he's gone But yes, uh, Scott Dixon uh, Absolutely, Scott Dixon is uh, uh, He's always floating around isn't he I mean he's there or thereabouts the whole time And of course uh, with Scotty McLaughlin Marcus Armstrong in the fold as well um, it, it's, uh, it's really interesting um, just to see uh, where uh, he's standing now, and uh, my latest, my latest uh, have uh, has him uh, standing still behind Alex Palau, um, but he's reduced the margin to uh, ninety nine points. It was uh, in fact one hundred one points. It was well over hundred leading into that race. So it looks now as if um, he's still a chance with three races to go. So uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, also in the standings, uh, Newgarden is uh, on 4.34, so he's only four points behind, and we could hear that he uh, was uh, badly affected by that the clash uh, in Indianapolis at the weekend. Scott McLaughlin uh, sits uh, in fourth spot, two in the top four. That is remarkable. Uh, he's on 395 points. And you go back to Padua Ward, Marcus Erickson, uh, Will Power, Christian Lundgaard, and you go down to the field to number 18, where Marcus Armstrong sits in 18th spot, 179. Uh, fortunately, we've been able to get hold of Caleb again, which is great, Caleb. And uh, just uh, asking about this being the third race uh, around uh, Indianapolis in the IndyCar Series. Uh, where does it rank this one?
0: Uh, this was probably the, the best uh, Indy Road Course event as far as the, the third edition of the, the second one, you know, over the last handful of seasons. But this is by far the best you had. Chaos at the beginning. You had great tire strategy and fuel saving. You had an amazing run to the finish as Scott Dixon held off Graham Rahal. So this was it was pretty exciting, especially for this race of standards. It's usually pretty cut and dry with few cautions and, and nothing beyond it besides some fuel strategy and tire strategy. So this one ranks pretty highly, at least of the three editions we've had of the second road course race at the Speedway.
1: Quite a remarkable result for Dixon when you consider what happened on the first lap.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, they were going to pit early and, and, and work the fuel strategy like uh, his strategist, Mike Cole, likes to do. And that early caution where he spun out it was a, a blessing in disguise because it gave him the opportunity to, to move forward and, and advance, you know, from where they started back in 16. So it really set him up for success. And, and no one is better in the series at saving fuel than Scott Dixon. So he found a way to, to stretch his stints and, and make them last longer go longer on older tires, and then had just enough at the end to hold off a charging rail.
1: Well, this is 319 starts uh, on the trot for uh, Scott Dixon, and that is uh, overtaking uh, the great uh, Tony Kanan that record there. Where do you think now uh, that places Dixon in the annals of uh, IndyCar racing?
0: I mean, you could argue he is hes in that top three. I mean, you could argue he's in the top two. I mean, you have AJ ahead of him on wins, uh, and then he's already passed Mario. So, I mean, he's right up there with with AJ and Mario as far as the greats of all time in this sport. And it's remarkable what he's done, because it's not just the the fact that he's now the Ironman leader as far as the 319 starts, as you mentioned, but also having a race win now in, what, 19 straight seasons? It's just phenomenal what he's been able to do you know, his, his teammates have changed, his team has changed. He's stuck with Chip Ganassi, and they've had so much success together. And one constant, though, has been he's always found a way to win. And this year, you know, I think it's safe to say people are having their doubts whether he was going to get a race win this year as we're getting down the stretch in the season, and, and he and Will Power are still looking for wins. And Dick's been able to check that off this weekend.
1: So mathematically uh, As we approach the end of the season uh, What about the possibility Of running down Alex below? is that gone?
0: Uh, it, it would take Quite the comeback uh, by Dixon I mean you look at the points And Dixon Fits in second but uh, I mean it's a very distant second 101 uh, points back at the moment And I mean That's essentially two races Worth of points so we'd have to see Scott Dixon have you know, quite the winning streak and Alex Pillow have some pretty bad luck to close out the season.
1: Where was, uh, during uh, all this carnage uh, yesterday, uh, earlier uh, yesterday, where, where was uh, Scott McLaughlin in all of this? He finished second at Nashville the week prior, but it sounds like he was pretty disappointed, uh, disappointed in his uh, overall finish of eighth in this race.
0: Yeah, Team Kinski surprisingly didn't have as much pace, at least in qualifying for this event, and it's usually very important where you start uh, for this race because it, it's it's pretty tough to to pass unless you really get the strategy right, like Dixon was able to do. And uh, for Scotty Mack, started 10th, finished eighth. Uh, Will Power was a couple spots ahead, and of course, just Newgarden caught up in that early lap crash. So. And it was just not a good qualifying weekend for Team Penske either, which was a surprise because this is a track that Will Power and Team Penske as a whole has had so much success on in the past. But McLaughlin uh, was mixing it up. He just kind of faded late uh, to finish in the back half of the top ten.
1: Three races left. Uh, one at uh, Bomarito uh, in Illinois, the Portland Grand Prix, and the Monterey Grand Prix. Uh, in terms of uh, style of tracks, uh, suiting style of racing, uh, who, uh, is this Palau... Palau's to lose in that extent with these types of tracks?
0: Absolutely. I mean, Palau won at uh, Laguna Seca last year, just an absolute dominant performance, crushing the field there. Now, what's different with that track is they paved it in the off-season, so it's going to make for faster lap times and could make for some better racing and making it a little bit easier to pass. Uh, the, the Bob Marino 500 at, at Gateway, that will be Joseph Newgarden's race to lose because he's just so dominant on short tracks in this series. Uh, and then for Portland, I mean, Pelo should have some strong success there. And the fact that he's had the season he's had based on everything going on off track, it, it's been quite the incredible performance on his part because there's so much that could distract him as far as off the racetrack in regards to contract stuff, but he's done a great job on it and and was solid once again finishing in seventh yesterday.
1: So we've got, obviously, uh, three interests uh, in most IndyCar races, um, but uh, not on the oval events. So for our young rookie, Marcus Armstrong, he's leading the rookie uh, contender, um, but he only has a 28-point margin between him and Augustin Canapino, um, do you, do you see him being able to have the opportunity to hold on to the rookie of the year status?
0: I really think so, because unless Canapino can, can crack a top 10, which he's been unable to do, if he can do that next weekend, I mean, that would kind of be the result. But uh, Canapino's been okay on the ovals. He, he started strong, but it's been a bit of a learning curve. But I, I really think Marcus Armstrong, I think people kind of didn't didn't give him the credit he deserved going into the season as far as the rookies and having the ability to win that rookie crown. I just think he's done a solid job, obviously caught up in, in the crash on lap one uh, the other day at IMS, but he's done such a good job of just staying consistent, getting results. Uh, I mean, the only times he, he's had poor results this season have been at Road America where it was a strategy call that cost him, and then obviously that first lap incident. So he's done a great job. And just the consistency, and I think a lot of people would like to see what he could do in a full-time seat next season. I know he's working on that, but as always, it comes down to budget.
1: Okay, that's a, that was uh, basically my next question. What chance do you think of him getting back?
0: Yeah, it, it just it comes down to funding, and, and there's just so much going on within the Ganassi team. Chip Ganassi, the team owner, um, obviously has Scott Dixon back on board. But then beyond that, there are a lot of question marks with that four-car operation. If Alex Pillow, who is under contract with Ganassi, it was presumed he'd go to to chief rival, Aaron McLaren, Zach Brown's team. Now, with everything that came out over the weekend, including a letter that Zach Brown uh, sent out to to team members, it basically made it said that Alex Flow is not going to McLaren in 2024. So it seems like flow would return to Ganassi in 2024. So uh, it'll that'll be a hefty payday for Chip as far as if he keeps him and having to pay a lot more money to keep him on board. And then Marcus uh, Erickson uh, also is a question mark. He wants uh, more money for his contract and the 2020 500 winner and a winner of the season at St. Pete in the opening race. Uh, he's had a solid season, sixth in points. So uh, Chip's got to find a way to, to get both those guys back on board. And then with Marcus Armstrong, it just comes down to – um, will he have the opportunity for a full season and or, or would it be another situation where he runs road and street courses and then splits the ovals with someone else. I think he's done more than enough to show that he should be back but unfortunately in racing uh, it, it also comes down to money and I think that could be the determining factor.
1: In terms of um, the television ratings um, between say NASCAR and IndyCar, what's the comparison there these days?
0: Uh, so IndyCar is usually probably pulling in about around just over a million for the average race outside the Indy 500. NASCAR, um, if it's if they're both on network, comparing at least in the U.S., pulls in three and a half to four million. So um, IndyCar is, is getting some good consistency, though, uh, this year in terms of TV ratings here in the States, which is something that, that's kind of been lacking, you know, outside the Indy 500, of course, for some time. So they're, they're seeing some positive momentum. Most watched season since 2016. So things are turning in a good direction, despite, you know, how dominant Alex Flow has been in the championship so far.
1: You're um, into um, your IndyCar, obviously motor racing a big factor for you and uh, your podcast, etc. But uh, we're getting a lot of stories um, about the new uh, United States women's national football team. Is that something that, that mm-hmm. crosses your desk at all? Or is it, it, it we're led to believe over here it's quite a general feeling around uh, the United States of their disappointment and um, a couple of aspects of it. Uh, do you sense that there, or is it more just a football infection?
0: It, you know, w- with the U.S. women's national team going into this World Cup after their play in their first match against Vietnam, it was clear that this was not, you know, the same dominant team that had won back to back World Cup. But I also think they're in a spot where, you know, they had some injuries going in. There's some, some people who are retiring, going on their way out, who you know, were were key figures in the past but maybe weren't quite the, the key people to be counted on this World Cup. I think they'll bounce back. I think they'll be okay come uh, the next World Cup, the next time around, because I just think there's a lot of young talent on the team. And at, at some point, there's going to be a blip. And to, to have the back-to-back World Cup wins like they had uh, was very impressive, but nothing lasts forever. And and I understand, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, love them or hate them as far as the team and and what they they stand for or whatnot. Um, I I just felt like this was kind of a reset year for them.
1: Okay, Caleb Bay, thanks very much for your views on both of those things, and uh, we really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, yeah, we're celebrating back here another amazing uh, racing year for Scott Dixon in particular it's been a phenomenal year 319 starts consecutively says it says enough doesn't it uh, cheers for your time this morning I uh, really appreciate it
0: absolutely thanks so much Ian